am recording. I am also now recording. Oi, Joseph! Hello. <laughs> We're back, 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 back again. Um, Apart from um, plastic so... surgery videos, is there anything else that's been getting you through this period of time on YouTube? You know, on YouTube. Look, it's just, it's a lot of, also Taylor Swift. It's a, I, I would, I've never been a huge Taylor Swift fan. And I even hate myself for saying that because I feel like so many Taylor Swift fans like to preface that they like Taylor Swift by saying, I've never like really loved her, <laughs> but like, she does make some good music. Right. <laughs> Rip. Um, I don't know. I am a, t- I'm a Swifty, loud and proud, and she has released Fearless again. And I've been listening to that and watching a lot of content related to Taylor Swift online. I've been watching... Dua Lipa, Ariana Grande. Yes, I've been watching <laughs> a lot of... Um, so here's the thing. I'm not on TikTok, but there are certain people where I like watch their, their stuff because they post it on YouTube as well. Caitlin Riley. Yep. Wasp mum. No. Um, she goes, Hi. Wasp mum. Oh, wait, do, do you know what I'm talking about when I say wasp mum? Like, white Anglo-Saxon mm, Protestant nope. mum. Um, so it's it's basically... <laughs> oh, just, wait, you sent me some of this yeah, before. It's, Was it you who I sent think it? so, yeah. Um, it's just like white mums who are at like the peak of privilege and they're like, Hi, I don't usually like to cut in lines, but I'm in a bit of a rush. <laughs> or like... <laughs> Hi, I'm just going to sit in uh, sit in on my son's class. Justin, making sure we're paying attention. Eyes on the screen. Oh, God. She, I do remember that TikTok. She's, not to say relatable, but fuck, we've seen her. I've been watching a lot of, I've been sending you the videos as well. I can't even think of his name and... Yes. Yeah. So you got me into Chris Fleming and I sent you a video of him as well, the one that's like I like I can't I talk know. to men. Yes, and when you sent one back to me, I was like, Yes, this is exactly how it's worked. <laughs> Cause like Kate introduced me, I introduced you, and now it's going back through the cycle. But oh I have never related to a video so much as that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh and it it is one of Am I a man? And <laughs> Have you seen that? I have not, but it sounds very entertaining, and I feel like I would watch it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's really great. People always ask me, "Are you a man?" And then you know he'll go on like a uh, this huge fucking spiel for eight minutes, completely unrelated to the question. Then he'll like come back yeah. to it. Um, um, the college student shuffle. Believe it or not, the best tikka masala I've ever had. <laughs> Within Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, yeah. I remember here's the thing, I am now a grad student and I can say that I have none I, I've done none of the things in the grad student shuffle. Like <laughs> I what have I done? I don't think I've done anything in the grad student shuffle, but you know you know those characters. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um Wow, well, you know, I'm just I guess I'm just too good for that. No, um, but like ha- half of them, I just haven't done because I'm too like I'm just like I'm just too delicate. Like when they talk about like the insane amounts of coffee that they drink, I'm like I I can't drink coffee. I just water, 
hydration. Oh, wow. And look at her skin glowing. Glowing. <laughs> I, I'm not... I'm not much of a beverage drinker, tea or coffee. I will drink coffee when I like need it. If I like have a task I need to stay awake for, but otherwise it is so much effort. I was telling this to my sister yesterday. How do people get home from a long day at work or shopping? And the first thing they say when they get into the door, they're like, <gasps> put the kettle on. It's like, oh my God, if you're tired, the last thing I want to be doing is like making a fucking cup of tea that takes effort. I just want to fucking lie down. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just can't be fucked with tea. <laughs> I like it, but I can't be fucked making it. Legit. Um, I don't know. I definitely relate to the tea point, but sometimes, like, you'll boil water, and then while you're waiting for the water to boil, you'll go do, go do something else, and then by the time that you remember that you were boiling water, yeah. it's, like, not hot enough anymore, and you're like, great. Um, I, like, that is... So sad. Yeah, that is the most tragic thing ever. Um, the best type of tea is when you like let it go cold though. The best I, tea I is when it's my scalding. <laughs> no, oh my god, I hate hot the best, tea. You can't the be- taste oh, it. Oh no, no, no. I'm t- I'm not talking about like actual tea. I'm like the tea is scalding today, kind of like scalding tea. Like oh. the tea is best when it's full of shade. <laughs> I don't know, um, but yeah, um, the tea. Oh god. Tea, the tea. Wow, it always comes back to the tea. The tea. What's the tea? Spill, spill the true tea, hunty. Drag her. Microwave her. <laughs> oh my god. I didn't, yeah. I didn't realise that, like, tea and mama and snatched were all, like, very American, like, kind of uh, her, gay terms. Her because then they skinny. brought it up on UK's... <laughs> Yeah, they brought up on UK Drag Race. They're like, I don't know, Lawrence was just like, this is UK... I don't know if it was Lawrence, but I'm just going to use... This is UK's Drag Race. We're not going to be out here saying Mama and Snatched for the Gods. Like, <laughs> So I'm excited to see if in Australia's seasons of Drag Race, do they adopt Mama and Hunty, or do we have our own... Yeah, I don't know. Own um, I don't slang. think we have that much of our own lingo, like... If I'm gonna be honest, yeah. Um, but like, I just love making fun of like the straight white girls who use like gay language without actually like understanding it. So like, this wig is skinny, hunty, snatched, mama. Yes, drag her. Like, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> See, I'm not offended by it. Oh, because I'm not offended. I, I just never even use it myself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I, when I started watching Drag Race, I was like, oh, fuck. Do I have to talk like this? Because I don't know <laughs> no, how. <laughs> please, please don't. Um, I'm a glamorous queen, and I only speak using formal language. Um, my uh, my least favourite thing is watching Katy Perry yeah. try to use gay language. Oh, I like okay. it. <laughs> oh, yeah, my guilty pleasure is Katy Perry at the moment. Wig, wig. Yeah, <laughs> Katy Perry is. That's the only one I've seen. Oh, her the use. one where she snatches off like a wig off her head and goes wig, wig. When when she was watching Ada Vox perform on American Idol, is that the clip you're talking about? Oh no, I... <laughs> I'm talking about the one where like that guy was auditioning and then he was really nervous and he's like trying to calm himself. He's like, okay, wig, wig, okay. and then she's like, 
did you just say wig? And he's like, yeah. She's like, I get that. Like, wig. And he's like, wig. And she's just like, and then they're just like conversing through just wig. wig. They're just post-verbal. They're, they're post-verbal, but it's like the only word they use is wig. Um, yeah, exactly. And then, oh, I've been so deep. I'm. It was a month ago. I was really deep in Katy Perry YouTube because I was, I felt this, I felt, um, really sad for Katy Perry. I don't know if you feel, I just <laughs> feel sad for Katy Perry, but she was at the height of her career. Like she was n- number one chart topper like 10 years ago, like five single, like number one singles in one album. And now nobody talks about her really. Like she has a dedicated fan base, but she's not to p- much public mm. appeal anymore. But, like, okay. I'm gonna I'm say what I gotta say about Katy Perry, but I, I will say, um, can't remember the name of the album. It wasn't Prismatic, it was the other one. The one that um, Changed to the Rhythm came out in. Witness! Yeah. Honestly, like, some of the songs Can some of the songs on there were pretty good. Um, Hells to the fucking okay. yes they were. Now, uh, no. Witness and Change to the Rhythm are excellent now, songs. Now, let, let me just say what I gotta say about Katy Perry and her, her use of gay language. I don't appreciate okay. I don't appreciate her her kind of like appropriating the language to try to be like a gay icon to be like like appeal to the the fans um when she when, when has she Katy is Perry never... not appropriated cultures yeah. um, <laughs> Keep I don't going. appreciate that when she has never ever issued an apology for her song You're So Gay when she encourages a guy to kill himself because he's too gay um uh, does that does the song encourage uh, yeah. him to kill um, herself, himself? Yes. Uh, but so, when asked about it, she did not apologize. She said she would not apologize, and basically said that any time that she's played it, her friends mm. have always found it to be very funny. Um, and I, yeah, I, like here's the thing. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Um, you you find things funny when they when they violate what you would normally consider to be appropriate and yet they're benign enough for it to not hurt you. Um, But in general, I would say that most gay people do not like the fact that someone has been told to go kill themselves because they're too gay. Like, I don't think that's benign enough for it to not be hurtful. Um, The fact that your friends find it funny is indicative of their privilege where they can't relate to um, being told to kill yourself for being too gay. Um, it's not indicative of how hurtful the song actually is. It's just an indicator of their privilege. So, Katie, when people tell you that it's not appropriate, you sh- might want to listen and say, okay, maybe it isn't appropriate, uh, instead of just saying, no, it's I funny. That's the most surprising thing. I think... Before I knew that she was the song was about encouraging someone to kill themselves because they were gay, I do I did genuinely find it a funny song. I was like, oh, it's kind of catchy, and like, what does it go like? You're so gay, but you don't even like boys, and you don't even like and yeah, blah blah blah. And um, I don't know. I do find it catchy, and it's um, it's hard. Not to like it, but... How, how did you not know that it was encouraging a guy to kill himself? It literally starts with the line, I hope you hang yourself with your H&M scarf. 
Okay, one thing about me is I'm shocking at listening to lyrics. <laughs> um, that's fucking horrific. So I, I, do, I do remember I read the exact same article that you were kind of talking about when she came out and said that, oh, my friends have always found it funny, so, like, I just kept performing it and I'm not going to apologise for it. I was like, Katie, motherfucking Katie, like, you got to be accountable. And in terms of just all her other appropriation of other cultures, like Dark Horse, the music video for that, she's, like, dressed up as Cleopatra, just, like, completely swipes Egyptian culture and's like, yes, let's make this a two billion viewed video. <laughs> oh, also the time where she did the whole Japanese thing on stage and then she was like, Japanese people are so adorable. I just want to skin them and then wear their skin. I was like, okay. Uh, that's a little much, oh my but, God. but you do you, Katie. Yeah, yeah, she's just like, oh my god, I love visiting Japan because my Japanese fans are just like so much more respectful than everyone else that like just keep a distance from me and like I love that. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> I love that. Um <laughs> I don't know. I'm so conflicted about Katy Perry. Um yeah, cuz I like I'm just like, oh yeah, I feel sorry for her cuz she's not big anymore and she might be sad about that I and mean, then that was her most recent album but also she's had her heydays and like she's she's tr- still trying to push this pop agenda and it's not it's not the music that appeals anymore pop agenda. it's not when i heard you say that i was like that that sounds like the the kind of like name of a pop album by someone who is like I don't know who probably has like a lead single for that album that like criticizes the way that the industry works and everyone's going to be like, oh my God, woke queen. Woke queen. Well, wasn't that what Witness was? Essentially. It was yeah. called Purposeful Pop. It was all about, yeah, and like it was um pop with a message, yeah. a political message. Like as much um, as I don't, I don't like <laughs> Katie as a, as a person. Um, because of, because of the whole, (laughs) you're so gay thing and the, the whole, it's funny, I'm not going to apologize. And then like, also then trying to manipulate the gay audience. As much as I don't like that about her, I have to say the music video for Change to the Rhythm was really lit. It's so lit. And that song is just very, very original. It's like different, different sort of feel. I like it. Um, I think she has some great some great tunes um the song never really over like such a shower jam i love it <laughs> and if you think it over the movie <laughs> i can't even remember the lyrics to be honest <laughs> but when it comes on i'm there i'm there um but like lady gaga does it in uh, much more uh, she's a gay icon icon without being an offensive Icon. <laughs> and I think Lady Gaga, it really doesn't feel like she's it, it doesn't feel like she's trying too hard to be a gay icon. Like you'll never see her watching a drag queen on American Idol and then snatching off a wig to reveal another wig and screaming wig wig yeah. at the performance. Like she's like Katy Perry is very in your face about trying to be a gay icon, whereas with Lady Gaga, it's like just the way that she speaks the shade she throws the way she carries herself the things she wears and and like her her messages about inclusivity that is like what what makes her a gay icon 
Exactly. And I think Lady Gaga is more focused on the art mm. as well, like, and the music, whereas I think Katy Perry is still maybe focused on being a, a big pop star, whereas um, Lady Gaga has put that behind her now, and she's she's like, I, I don't really care about the term celebrity. I'm an artist, and that's what I make, and I'm going to put out what connects to me, and I'm sure people will find a way to connect to it, but I'm not fussed about how big I am kind of thing. Yeah. Like, um, it's, it's interesting with Lady Gaga because it, like, it really felt like art pop was, like, the culmination of, like, everything that led up to it. It really felt like it was, like, her, her ultimate brainchild and then it just flopped. Yes. And then after that, it really felt like she just didn't care about, like, reception anymore. She's like, I'm going to make art. Like, Cheek to Cheek was lit as fuck. <laughs> I still don't listen to Cheek to Cheek that much because when I want to listen to Lady Gaga, I want to listen to the art pop Lady Gaga. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, as a... But, just, yeah, just I a... love that she can just come out and be like, all right, I'm putting out a jazz album. Yeah. And then like, she was like, I'm putting out, and... like, a like a soft rock album afterwards. Like, she's lit. She's just... I love her. Yeah. And now she's being, she's filming for an um, House of Gucci or mm. something, a movie? So she's in Italy at the moment. I'm so excited to see that movie. And um, Chromatica Side B is going to be released, possibly. Yeah. Um, it's being teased. And also, there is a petition at the moment. I'll send you the petition. But did you know that Lady Gaga did actually create Art Pop 2? And it was never oh. released. Because Art Pop wasn't received well. Yeah. And it sent her into depression and stuff. She never released the second album, but it's still, it's there. So um, we, we signed the petition and let's encourage Lady Gaga yeah. to release that because I, I, I know I will yeah. love it. Let me tell you something about art pop. As much as people like made fun of it at the time for flopping and like trying too hard, it was genuinely like if you think about it the songs were very memorable like if you if i asked yeah. you to hum or sing applause you would still remember it is i live for the applause that's the fucking like it's it's just so catchy and repetitive um and then like yeah like any of the songs on that album, like G U Y, I wanna be that guy. Like it's it's also memorable. Yeah, I was literally just gonna mention Guy straight after applause. Um, Guy is one of my favorites. Um, Venus Art Pop Aura. I swine. But Jalakini, Venus. Venus. Don't you know my ass is famous? Oh my God. But my favourite that I've been singing non-fucking-stop at the moment is Gypsy. Um, it's just like, oh, fuck, oh, my God. And in the moment that I have to sing it, I'm like, it just escapes me. But it's just like... Um, I, w I don't want to be alone forever, but I like Gypsy life. Maybe we can see the world together. You know that one? I love Lady it. Oh my Gaga god, it's one of my really favorites. Lit, just really lit moments in her songs. Like, uh, what's that song? Yeah. Um, 
Uh, she's like, I met a girl in East LA with flaming locks and a sweet no, with flaming locks. I can't even remember. It's like, la 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 la, America, Americano. Dum dum, la 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 la. Yeah, she just has some really lit moments. There's nothing more nostalgic to me than Lady Gaga. Like that's yeah. I remember the first moment I heard Lady Gaga. It was I, I probably heard it before, but I remember vividly sitting in the back of our car coming back from a trip from Melbourne. It was like night, and like my sister let me listen to her iPod, um, not her iPod, her MP3 player, <laughs> and um, Paparazzi came on, and every time I hear that song, it just takes me back there, and I love it. Paparazzi. Paparazzi. What was the? I'm your biggest fan. I'll follow you until you love me. Was Paparazzi the one with the music video where she, like, couldn't walk properly and then she became like this, this like femme fatale? Like she came back after falling off the roof or something and like seduced Maybe. some guy I and she had like the right that the, the like flip up sunnies where like sh- she could flip up the lenses. Yeah, I think so. I actually haven't seen a lot of the Lady Gaga um, music videos, which is ridiculous, but I think it's always, like, they'll be eight minutes long, mm. and then I, I just have yeah. such little patience. Here's, here's the thing. <laughs> Lady Gaga's music videos are pretty lit. What I will say is that the, the, the time where Rihanna, like, here's the thing. Rihanna is great. She has, like, Fenty Beauty, like, she has her, like, Fenty, like, she has a clothing mm. line now, I think. Like, she's she's doing great. Yeah. But what I will say is that time when she tried to make that that eight-minute music video for um, Bitch Better Have My Money, I think that was the name of the song, I was like, that is mm. eight minutes of my life that I'm never getting back. And I maybe it has, like, appeal that I just don't get because as a gay I don't maybe like lesbian content just isn't as hot to me but there was like it was basically like an eight minute video of her brutalizing some other woman in like a BDSM dungeon and I was like I'd like I don't know wait why. is Rihanna a lesbian um no 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 it, it was just a very BDSM video where she was torturing another woman to get uh money from her husband right see I um, I don't. Li- I haven't listened. I only really know the big like Rihanna songs, um, but I think I prefer Beyonce as a whole more because she like writes her own music. Oh, Beyonce, Beyonce is uh, a woman after my own, <laughs> as she is a woman after the heart of every single gay man. Um, oh my god! <laughs> and since you've like you've kind of inspired me to get. In- more into Beyonce. Have so I was you, listening have to like you the Lemonade to album. Or watched Black is King. No, I have not yet. Um, but I've I've been listening. I I feel like I don't want to. I'm not going to enjoy it until I'm familiar with the music yet. She's oh, she's. Um, it's just so good. No, like Black is King is literally a visual album. Like it's a, that's how oh the, the music is supposed to be enjoyed. Um, Will I? Oh, I'll get. There's no storyline, though. No, there, is there? there isn't. I will... It'll be a challenge for me to get through, but I'll, um... <laughs> I'll try. I, um... But I think also I fell in love with Beyonce when I saw her get up on stage with Megan The Stallion to accept the Grammy for the best rap song. <laughs> um, do you like Megan The Stallion? I... 
enjoy WAP, um, the song. Right. Um, I like I I can't say that I've kept up with any of her stuff past that because I like I just haven't caught up. Okay. She has that song Savage, and it's like, and she does a remix with Beyonce, oh. so Beyonce is on it. So you should check it out. It sounds amazing. You know that one just like, I'm a savage. Classy, oh, right, yeah. bougie, ratchet. Yeah, so it was like blew up huge TikTok song. Probably should have won record of the year, but it went to Billie Eilish. Because, I don't know why. Random. Yeah. <laughs> um, fun story about the Grammys. Uh, the only reason... Yeah. Oh, um, the reason why black artists never win uh, record of the year is because regardless of what their sound is like, they always end up in... Yeah. Their songs always end up in one of two categories. Uh, R&B, R&B or, or rap. rap. Like, th- there's no... like yeah. yeah, because Beyonce's never won album of the year or record of the year. And, like, why the fuck not? Yeah. Like, um, even... What was it that the year that Adele won oh, for 25? Lemonade. She got right, up yeah. on the stage and was like... This should have Beyonce's my queen. This is Beyonce's award. <laughs> You've given it to <laughs> me. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> I love that. Like my favorite thing was like when she split it in half and was like, yeah. "This is Beyonce's half and this is my half." Um, yeah. but, but what I have, what I've heard, is that apparently the Grammys, like the actual trophies, are very flimsy and they break. So it's very like they they just break out of nowhere. So it's very possible that it just broke. And she was like, "This works. Here's Beyonce's half. Here's my half." <laughs> That's so surprising. They look so sturdy to me. And oh. like you know, when the the artists have that picture of themselves holding all their like five Grammys in their hands, I'm like, you better not fucking drop them. But I guess I just yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm always scared for people who accept their ARIA awards. Like the for for those of you who are international, those... uh, the ARIAs are like the Australian version of the Grammys, because the ARIA awards are like these really sharp pyramids. Like, like do you know what I mean? Like I'm always afraid that someone's do... gonna poke their own eye yeah. out with one. I don't think I've ever watched the ARIAs or paid much attention to it. But is it just Australian artists that are nominated for yeah. it, or? Do they like? Oh, really? It's I just think, Australian. I think it's just Australian artists. Okay, good. Because <laughs> imagine like inviting a big American artist like Beyonce to the Aria <laughs> Award, oh, and she's like, "Thanks, but <laughs> thanks, but I can't make it." No. Um, yeah, yeah. Like I think, if I remember correctly, I watched it for like two years mostly because Jessica Malboy was was a. It was awarded something. Let me tell you something. Jessica Malboy's voice is insane, but she suffers from the same mm. thing that Jennifer Hudson does, where they both have like amazing voices, but no one can write music that that quite captures how special they are. Right. Such a shame that um, has Je- Jennifer Hudson ever written her own music, or surely just not she has, thing? right? Um, yeah. I'd I'd assume so. But, like, again, with J-Hud, it's, like, how are you going to write a song that fully, like, captures how special your voice is when you're literally J-Hud? Like, your voice is just, like, insane. Like, what are you going to do? Write a song that, like, has, like, five different key changes across four octaves with, like, with, like, insane melismatic passages and, like, 
octave jumps every two seconds. Like, what are you going to write? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, surely you can at least start with the basic song and then she can vamp it up herself, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, we have been... We've been chit-chatting for 90 whole minutes. Yes. So... I, I reckon we can put this return to podcasting. I love that we announced season two, did two episodes, and then just vanished. Right. <laughs> how, how very on but, brand for the gays. So on brand. Um, yeah, starting uni, I was like, nope! <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing a screenplay. A short film for a screenwriting subject at the moment. Yeah. And it's all... It's about bronies. <laughs> Wait, what? It's about... All about bronies. What? Um, but, but yeah, sorry that we had been away for a while. But um, I've been too focused on my... My, um, my brony screenplay. Now, if you know me, um, I have a little... I have a little love for My Little Pony, but I don't would never consider myself to brony level. Um, <laughs> but for screenwriting, we have to write a short film, and so I've I've created this scenario where someone has plagiarized My Little Pony in a classroom setting, and they're being praised for their like this piece they've written, and the teacher's like lapping it up. But there is a secret brony in the class who knows that the work has been plagiarized from My work. Little Pony. But if they expose the plagiarizer, they r- risk exposing themselves as, as a brony. brony. As a brony. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so it's it's going to be a comedy short film. So it has to be like. 10 to 13 minutes I'm, it, was, it won't be filmed but yeah I want to try and get this dynamic of these two bronies knowing that the other is a brony and they're going to have to reveal themselves and see what the kind of class reaction is or whether the class even fucking cares but it's like this thing that they're so scared of admitting I love that but uh, yeah, it kind of parallels as a coming out story because I was watching this brony brony documentary, and like most of them are like straight guys, and there there was even this like military brony club, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and they had like this dinner lunch with the the woman who voices like three of the ponies. I love that, <laughs> and they're like. They're like, yeah, we're just, like, super scared of people finding out and thinking we're gay. <laughs> what? Oh, God. A fragile masculinity, man. But, like, yeah. I don't know. What What really is the appeal of My Little Pony? Like, is there a specific reason why it's so appealing to so many adults? I, I honestly, I think it's just good writing, good world building, and, like, it has, like, I don't know, I think it has good messages. It's about friendship and just... I don't know, good lessons to take to ordinary relationships. <laughs> um, not to, like, expose myself. I already literally exposed myself. But, yeah, I don't want to r- hype it up too much. <laughs> You're like, um, I don't want to yeah, expose myself as a brony, but, like, I kind of am. But, like, not really. But, like, yes. <laughs> 
it's kind of fucking great and it's cute like the you'll see the guys in this documentary explain they're like you know i was just my sister just had it on and like watched over from the corner of the room and i was like i was hooked i like couldn't take my eyes off of them <laughs> and <laughs> and now and now next year i'm at a brony con convention <laughs> and yeah have you ever heard that song discord Discord, I'm howling at the moon and sleeping in the middle of a summer afternoon. Discord, whatever did you do to take tyranny away? Do you I know have that never song? heard it. No. Okay, you're not in the right. <laughs> <laughs> you're not in the right online community. <laughs> it's like a huge song that, like, I remember, like, someone showed to me in high school, like, listen to this song, but it was actually just a, a My Little Pony remix. Okay. Um, yeah. So, like, there are My Little Pony artists and creators who, like, take characters and make songs about the characters and then other people will remix them. And Yeah. And I, like, this guy who made that song came up in the documentary. I'm like, oh, my God. This is my alarm that I wake up to sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. Oh. So, in short, um, your screenplay is art, and anyone who disagrees with that is a brony-phobe. Exactly, a brony-phobe. And um, I've already told the class what the idea is. I think it was received well, and um, we're going to see what happens. So, I'm excited (laughs) to write it. (laughs) Oh, my God. Are you working on anything, like... Are you, like, yeah, is law boring? What's going on? Honestly, it's not boring. It's honestly kind of like it's kind of litty depends on what specifically in the law i'm studying but a lot of the times it's like pretty cool like it's pretty um interesting stuff especially when you put it in like real life situations where you're like oh okay wow this is how things would pan out uh in a court of law in these like very real situations that being said having learned about like torts and negligence and all that uh, I am now extremely paranoid in my everyday life of being held liable for things that are outside of my control. Um, oh. So uh, I am now afraid to go to and afraid to host pool parties. Um, I am now afraid to stop my car for someone to put something in my boot and then go back on the street without like parking my car securely. Um, also, if I ever crash my car, like, guys, please do not come and rescue me, because if you come and rescue me, and then you get hurt during that process, I'm actually partially liable <laughs> for any Wait, injury that befalls fuck? you. Um, so basically, there are a lot of, re- like, real-ass things that could happen that, like, you could just be held liable for in a court of law, where now I'm, like, I'm very paranoid about all of these things. Do not fucking save me in this car crash. No, I mean, like... Ooh. I mean, like, let me tell you something. If you have done first aid training, you will know, training, you will know, that first rule of first aid training is to make sure that the scene is safe for yourself. Exactly, exactly. There was a case where someone was in a car accident and someone went to go help them, but apparently just was not careful enough in making sure that it was safe for themselves because they got hit by another car while trying to save someone else in a car accident. And the court actually ruled that the person who he was trying to save was actually partially liable for damages to that, for like the injury 
caused to the person. But who the came person didn't them. check that there was a danger. It's their fault. Well, I mean, like it depends on whether or not when the person checked if it was foreseeable. But like, it's so. I don't know, like, there are so many things that I'm too paranoid to do now. Like, I'm too paranoid to have, like, a pool party, too paranoid to go to pool parties, too paranoid to, like, host any events where there's alcohol, too paranoid to go to events where there's alcohol. I mean, the the last one is a bit of a, a bit of a stretch. I'm not afraid to go to events where there is alcohol. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, there are so many, like, real-ass things where you're like, wow, so this is how the courts would rule on certain issues. Oh, you know, I I would be asking for a jury to hopefully for there to be common sense rather than <laughs> for the judge to look on other cases and go off precedent in those situations. <laughs> well, Surely mean... a, a jury would not agree to make someone in the car crash liable. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> juries are there to provide... Like, a juries don't make the final decision. So, it's... Oh, true. It's not... I thought they... I thought they did. Um... No, the judge determines, like, the... The jury decides the verdict, whereas the judge decides the san- sanctions such Or remedy, right? I don't... No, I don't think that's... That's quite how the law works, at least in Australia. Um... I'm pretty sure that's exactly how the law works in Australia. Let's... Let's look this up. Um, I did legal studies in year 11. <laughs> I am an expert. <laughs> because um, the judge doesn't actually have much of a role at all in Australia. We think they do, but no. They hear the trial, make sure that the trial's fair. Um, every Each side is getting an equal say. But if there is a... For, criminal cases where there's a jury present, they decide the verdict. Um, in civil cases, um, you can choose to have a jury. You don't have to, but if there is a jury present, they decide um, whether it's... They decide the balance of probabilities and then the judge will Maybe. I mean, like, I haven't studied criminal law at all yet, so maybe I'm just extremely... Okay ignorant in that regard but I haven't seen any like significant like I haven't seen any court documents where it seems like the the jury is especially mm. uh, important to the hearing but let's no no they're really important um, which is like kind of outdated like would you prefer um, just common people to decide your outcome or would you prefer a judge to decide your outcome well, if it's a criminal case um, and it's a indictable offence, oh my god, it's all coming back. Um, you have no choice. It's going to be heard by a jury. But it's all <laughs> coming. <laughs> yeah. just, just... But if it's a summary offence, then it'll be heard by a magistrate mm. and can be appealed to a higher court. Yeah. Oh my god. Look at the law. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was legal studies obsessed in high school. Oh it was like, my god. Look at yeah, no. Um I would I had this big legal studies book I after school I'd head to McDonald's and I just study. <laughs> Matt McDonald's studying legal studies at yes. McDonald's. 
McDonald's, yeah, before I would go to work at KFC. Um, <laughs> every moment I could, I would be reading this legal studies textbook, enjoying every second of it. <laughs> you sound like an absolute nightmare of a high school student. You, oh like, my god. It, you, were, you were the kid where the teacher was like, please, like, like not, not in the way where, like, you were a not in the the kind of like you're a trouble child kind of thing but in the but in the the sense that it's like oh god this this person is going to talk again you know what that's me at uni <laughs> i think i i did in high school i knew all the answers but wasn't brave enough to say it but then would come to a test and i would like just be, fucking spurt, splurt all the knowledge out and be like yes i know all this but I would feel really insecure about answering stuff in class. But now at uni, I don't know what's changed. I think it was the gap year that I don't know what happened. But this year I've come back to uni and I cannot shut up in tutorials. <laughs> as soon as there is a second of silence, I'm like, oh, no one's going to answer. Okay. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know that we're talking about feminism, but I think I'm the most appropriate <laughs> to speak on this matter. I like literally this person came into class or something and they were new and we were talking about something I think we we're talking about ScoMo and the rape allegations and then they were like I um I don't think they were from Australia so they didn't know what was going on I was like oh let me explain and I got halfway through the explanation and then I was like actually considering <laughs> I'm a man I think actually I would like to pass this off to somebody else who could would like to represent the plight of women instead. <laughs> it's it's so much more obnoxious when you have already put up your hand to talk about it and then you have to go, oh, actually, I'd like to hand this off to someone else because then it's just like virtue, virtue signaling 101. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, pretty much. And the, the class, I'm pretty sure, is um, it's called writing identity and difference so it's all about how to write um how, is it appropriate to represent somebody else's story and i think we've talked about this here but like is it okay to write about someone from another race that's not your own well i mean okay let me tell you that uh, let me tell you something <laughs> that's 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 something that I've, I've just got into the habit of saying um here's the thing diversity behind the camera is important. Yeah. However, when there is not diversity behind the camera, that is not an excuse for there to not be diversity in front of the camera. Um, yeah. So, but my question is, is, okay, so if there's no diversity behind the camera, then the representation of the people is not going to be Genuine, yeah. At all. Here's, it's not yeah. going to be genuine. Yeah, but you're saying it's sorry. Um, yes, I'd like to speak as a white man on behalf <laughs> of other yeah. white men who write these roles. Um, yeah. Uh, here's here's the thing. Um, like you're definitely right. It might lack some kind of yeah. like genuineness. Um, but at the same time, the alternative is is for there to be no diversity on screen, right? Um, which is arguably worse. What I will say is that it will depend on whether the role happens to be a person of colour or whether the fact that they are a, are a minority is central to the story. 
Because, like, mm. if the role could just as easily be played by, like, if there's no kind of, I guess, identifying factor where it's like, this person has to be a specific ethnicity, then, like, I don't think it really matters. Um, also, another take on this. I've recently found out that there are certain shows uh, about Asian people where there was not a great deal of um, diversity behind the camera. And so what I what I came to realize was that a lot of the jokes that I found funny and thought were like, haha, like this is fine because they're being spoken by an Asian person actually weren't really spoken by an Asian person because like on camera, it looks like it was, but in the writing room, it was a white guy making fun of Asian people and then using an Asian actor to say all of these offensive jokes. I was like, wow, this is a lot. It always confuses me when I see, um, for in this example, um, an Asian person who has agreed to um, represent their community in something that's racist. Well, um, I mean, yeah. S- um, I mean, it's hard to, if you're an actor. It's hard to find a fucking job. Yeah, that's that's kind of <laughs> what I was gonna say. Like, it's it's the same thing as like people criticizing uh, or how they used to criticize African American actors for taking on roles as like domestic help. Uh, yeah. but like at the same time, it's like finding work as an actor is very difficult and it seems unfair to, uh, to put the onus of like what mm. kind of roles they play on the actor if the actor is struggling when in reality the issue is with the writing. Exactly. Um, it's just like the, the only African-American roles there are as are as domestic helpers, so what else are they going to take? Yeah. It's like when Lucy Liu was like, I'm never going to play um, a femme fatale, I'm never going to play a character who uh, is made fun of for their Asian accent ever. Uh, Like, it's like, at that point, it's like, you've already made, like, you've already kind of established yourself as an actor, and your career has already been quite illustrious, and people will still cast you regardless, right? So it's like, it makes sense for her and I applaud her. But when people use that as an example and they say, oh, all Asian actors should be like that. I'm like, well, not everyone has the, the kind of, um, the level of, I guess, recognition that she has that allows her to do that. Absolutely. Um, just as, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, Dwayne the does Rock have Johnson. time to work. To, does have time to work towards his goals. I'm sorry, but it really fucking <laughs> <laughs> pissed me off. I think about it too much, but yeah, I I totally agree. I think the the example we looked at was like, um, you know, the help. Yeah, that was written by a white woman. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? Yeah, that just kind of baffles me. And so you think. When, is, when are we was better it off with or without that movie? Um, I don't know when it was written, but maybe the movie was... Hmm. Because here's the thing. The Help was... Oh, it was written in 2009. Okay. Uh, the Help was written from the... Uh, kind of, it followed the story of a white woman who was telling the story of black women. Right? Um, oh, was it actually? Yeah. 
Um, so I think it kind of like the story centers around a white woman who is telling the story of black women. It kind of makes sense for the help to be written that way, but like by a white person in that sense, because it's a white person's perspective on how white people viewed African-American people. So it's not a white person trying to emulate an African-American person's point of view. It's a white person trying to emulate how white people saw African-Americans. I thought it was the other way around. I thought it was from the point of view of of a domestic slave. Well, okay. So the premise of it is that there's this white woman who... Uh, who is writing a book or a kind of tell-all mm. expose thing from the perspective of African-American domestic help, like the women who, who right. were domestic help. So it's kind of meta. It's like a white woman writing about a white woman who is writing about African-American people from their perspective. Oh, my God. A white woman writing about... a black people from so so the author um is writing a book the help and the help is about a white woman who is writing a tell-all book called the help um that is that is from the perspective of the black women in her life who or in in her like air like the the place where she grew up who have worked Mm. in the family's like in the homes yeah. of the families there for a long time. Right. I think I'd have to like revisit what they said is bad because I I also I from like as soon as something is said by a lecturer at uni I'm like yes this is gospel. <laughs> <laughs> um the other thing is a lot of people really criticized uh the green book. I don't know what that is. Uh, it's the one where everyone was like, oh, white saviors. Um, so it's the one where there's like, uh, where there is a black musician who um, who was traveling around the country on a kind of like tour and he had like yeah. a white bodyguard slash driver um, who got him out of a whole bunch of racist and homophobic shit. Um and people were saying that it was a very white savior story. And I'm like, well, here's the thing. It is a white savior story, but it's a true story. Like, it's it's based on real life things. And if a mm. white person was an ally, then it's important to acknowledge that they were an ally. That's not called being, that's not called writing white maybe, savior storylines. Maybe it was, like, I'm sure it was a true story, but I'm sure the way maybe the black person was depicted in the story was that they were helpless maybe. oh no he he was not helpless he was anything but helpless he was he was like the way that they portrayed um dr shirley was that he was very um he was very dignified he had connections yeah. he had like in fact in one of the parts where they get into trouble he calls some very um some very illustrious politician who I believe later became the president of the United, the vice president of the United States, if I remember correctly, um, and was like, mm. is there any way you can get us out of this prison? Uh, because we have been arrested for, like, unjustly. Um, so he he has agency in the story. It's, it's just that people were saying, oh, this is such a white okay. savior story. I think, yeah, I don't know. 
I find it so hard because I'm like, I, I feel like it's, it, I, I do want to almost dismiss white saviour stories. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, it's also very like it's very hard that... for you to it's very hard for you to stick up for white savior stories when you're a white guy and people are like, "How dare you?" Um. <laughs> you know, I was just kind of thinking, reflecting recently about like you know white saviors and um, in high school, you know how you know how you'll have like the Samoan or the Philippines trip, and you know you get a group of white people who go over to the village and um and then they come back using the kids as props yeah <laughs> for their tinder profiles um <laughs> it's a big swipe no for me whenever i see a white guy with um a filipino child in their tinder <laughs> um but i'm not a, but i'm also not going to lie that i've also essentially been on on a white savior trip as well by myself right like <laughs> I went to Indo um, Lombok at the end of like 2019 because I had a scholarship from the school from like two years back that I had to use on a trip to Indonesia. And so I like went to a village and I hung out there for two weeks. And so I don't often like talk about it because I'm like, because you're like, I know it was just a white, I know it was just a white savior trip. So I'm like, I don't talk about it. Um, (laughs) I keep those photos to myself, um, because when I went there, I remember I was really reflective, um, yes, it was a white savior trip, but, like, I reflected on my privilege. (laughs) You guys, uh, you all heard it here first, um, we are fast approaching two hours, so we are not going to drag this on, but you all heard it here first, Matt is a white savior, go cancel him, um, send him hate Please. on, on Twitter, I don't know where else he is, uh, Instagram, whatever. Instagram, are you still on Instagram? Is that, is that a thing that we've talked about where we were like, Instagram is trash? Yeah, we talked about Instagram being trash, but you know, I'm, I'm still on it. I'm still on, on it for like my celebrity babes. So She's like. a sucker. <laughs> She's a sucker for pain. Um, more of the stories yep. go go tell him that he's a trash white saviour person on Instagram. Yes. And I will never recover from this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But thank you for tuning in for this episode. And we will catch you next week. In the next... We will catch you in the next episode. Because it probably won't be next week. (laughs) (laughs) yeah right like we've devolved from saying next week to the next episode yeah